0: Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, and today we're in Soul Talk, and we have a very special invite that it feels, it resonates here in my heart with me. Her name is Nailene, uh, Nailene, Nailini you sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> my first language is Spanish, and I'm sorry if I do, I'm just going to give a brief <clears throat> who she is, but I want to tell us more about her, because she is very, very interesting after you read her bio. Nailini is a conduct and shamanic guide, channeler and painter, she uh, she sings life, nature, ancestors, and plant medicine as a teacher's. Nailene combined her own experience and guidance from benevolent spirits into the wisdom of evolution. Her journey of self-transformation and living her life as a shamanic plants continue to inspire her into an example of walking both new and ancient physical and spiritual worlds in balance. Nailene, Uh, I see also that you do uh, shamanic drumming and cacao ceremony and light language. Then uh, hopefully you can... She's recuperating right now. I hope she can do light language for us at the end. But I wanted to know more about it, uh, more who you are, because it sounds very, very interesting.
1: Okay. I'm just putting my phone on airplane modes because there's a buzzing of the (laughs) microphone. Thank you for having me, and um, yeah, um, I'm up for light language, and as well as, I'm not sure if the drum, my goat Sea drum is ready, because now we're in um, rainy season, and the air can be quite humid, however, I do have my tiger drum, which is synthetic, and how would you like me to start?
0: <laughs> I would like to you start telling me a little bit of what it took you there. Because what you were telling me, your family was, it was involved into shamanic, or how was it? What it makes you go into shamanic work?
1: It started off, um, my spiritual journey started off after I slowly recovered from um, a very long period of time of depression, suicidal, social anxiety. And then I, I started to meditate, to expand my creativity, because I paint as well. And painting is just something that anchors me. And I started to channel, I started to combine what I receive into my art and that's when I started to, um, to to welcome in my language into my work. And then there's something, there's a missing link still. I, I still had that lingering sense of, I don't belong here, there's no place for me on earth. <clears throat> and ayahuasca called. Me and my husband, we we slowly felt the call. We slowly research and and, and watch many documentaries of so ayahuasca and about the the wisdom that's still practiced in South America. And we're like, let's just do it. So we quit our job and everything, and then went into the Amazon volunteering first because we really want to reset. Our rhythm because we, we're in that City and it's a very dense concrete jungle. So we signed up ourselves for three months in Peru, two months total in the jungle itself, and we were just volunteering, doing everything that, that they needed help basically from changing sheets and helping the shaman preparing medicine bath and um, preparing dinner tables for the guests etc and we got to see a lot of we actually got got to learn a lot of perspective of how the community of plant medicine runs we've got to see from the local point of view from the manager point of view from the facilitator point of view and also from the shaman point of view from the curanderos, curanderas, maestros, maestras and the last two weeks of our stay we Finish our volunteer, and then we became guests. We we solely focus on the medicines we work, and um, and what I learned from the ayahuasca journey was we have five ayahuasca over ten days, along with other medicines as well. And I went to ayahuasca because I wanted to understand why I was so sensitive to sadness and grief, and then I was depressed, and what she Reflected back was that look. You can be in the world, but don't let the world get to you. Be in the world, but not off the world too much. And it's and later I understood how there is a dance between when we connect with the world deeply, connect with one another deeply, but learn not to become attached. So after that, I came back and i still doing that, just channeling and art, and then. Grief came back. Ayahuasca came into my meditation, she came to my awareness a couple of times as a serpent and then she said, You haven't really practiced everything that I gave. And I'm like, hmm? And then cacao would be coming in from every angle. So I'm like, okay, let's just let's just bring cacao, ceremonial gray cacao from Amazon, from Peru, and let's just drink it. And the first time that I drank her, I, I, of course, I purged tears, heart opening, and at the same time, I saw myself offering this medicine to others. So, that was the invitation for me to slowly bring in what I learned from Amazon and into cacao and let it be known that cacao and ayahuasca a totally different entity, but Cacao slowly then guide me to find my place or to reach out to people here, not just become not just doing my work online only. And then slowly memories and words will be coming in that I don't understand, and later I found that there are words and they are names of Sacred Mountain of Mongolia, of the Eastern Siberian side, of shamanism. The Sian Mountains, the mountains that houses the spirit that guide shamans. And I thought to myself, okay, this makes more sense because I'm half Chinese and this is closer to what is still practiced here in Thailand. Even the practice that they practice in Mongolia, we can still witness the essence of, um, we don't call it shamanic practice here, but um, some kind of practices that connect with the tree spirit. It's very similar to Mongolia. So I slowly study, um, I got a few books and also studied and, and practiced drumming. And this is how sham, sh- shamanism kind of expand and allow me to combine me being myself and also look back into the shamanistic heritage that's already planted on earth. And with respect and with humbleness, bring in into my own in ways that I carry on what is probably forgotten or what's probably being recalling and also being myself at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, to sum up, um, shamanic experience in Peru. Plant a seed for me
0: to come back and connect with shamanic path. You know what is the funny part? But then when this this is a recorded uh, video, but when this video is gonna be air out, I'm gonna be in the Amazon, Peru.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, please hug the trees, kiss
0: the soil for me. Yeah. When, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, I was like, oh I was like, oh, wow. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's wonderful. I'm just adjusting my headphone. But our hearts are in there. We were there. It was rough. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The first two weeks were rough adjusting and a lot of things bubbling up that there's no distraction. But um, and ayahuasca is an easy medicine and other medicine that didn't want easy either. But I remember walking through the jungle and, and thought to myself, this is a Best thing I've ever done for myself so far, and it's still one of the best. Yeah, the sh- sh- shamanism, there sh- sh- There's many different levels and practices of shamanism, and the South America plant medicine shamanism and Siberian shamanism kind of happen simultaneously in their own ways. But there, there are similarities because the, the Eastern Siberian shamanism, the shamans would go and connect deeply with their, their spirit teachers and then they would have song. So, uh, some people would, would, would hear and report they speak um, words that humans don't understand. And this probably come back to how light language is nothing new, so it already exists. We now have a term that is light language and shamans in Amazon Day too receive song from the plant that invoke and channel the spirit of the plant in the ceremony. And this is just uh, it's, it's something dear to my heart that I take it as a blessing for because this path kind of brings me back to connect with my roots, seeing more magic that runs in Thailand that's been controlled and also understand more the magic of the the Chinese side and up north, north of China, it's it's, it's wonderful at the same time and and very humbling at the same time.
0: My experience—I grew up in Veracruz, that like I—I have talked to you about it, and I was around 300 songs, archaeological songs with the Totonacas, and uh, and I have been in ceremonies over here in United States with American Indians in some dances and moon dances and sweat lodges and so forth. I have found that there's a difference between just from Mexico to United States. Uh, from, in shamanism. There is, uh, uh but at the same time, I can imagine that in the rest of the world where there is the old medicine that connects you again to Mother Earth in all of the, all of the world, that is, uh, it is the same. It is the same because it's the same medicine, it's the same Gaia, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, There's always um, differences, but the foundation or how the connection between physical and spiritual world, the people, the shaman, the community, and spirits, the fundamental, very similar. Yes. I've never experienced
0: um, sweat knowledge or the, the
1: North American.
0: Oh gosh, you have to try the sweat lodge. It is it is magical. You wanna release emotional stuff? You go to a sweat lodge. It is a lot of releasing. It is is it's very medicinal. It is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. I recommend that to everybody that have the opportunity to do it, to to try at least try it once. You get you get a quick after that. <laughs> <laughs> In Mexico, we have the Mascales. Over here, they call it sweat lodge. But it's the same thing. It is more heavy in the Latin America because they're made of adobe. So there is no air coming in or out because they're made of adobe. But in the United States, they put skins of, of animals and so forth. So there is a little bit more ventilation more than adobe. So they're not get so hot like the ones in Mexico. Yes, that's why
1: they're spell, yeah, but well, I can imagine possibly um Mexican people can stand more heat <laughs> from the weather that they have during the day, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's right, Probably.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it is interesting about the cacao ceremony. I have heard many things, but in reality, this is the first time i are actually talking with someone that actually um um. Uh, at a uh, cacao oh. ceremony, and how is in, uh, How is the uh, the difference between ayahuasca and cacao? So
1: yes, yeah, so different plant medicine has. Um, they have different, very much like different entity, different energy, different personalities, and of course, different purposes. How we need each plant is a very different ways. Um, ayahuasca would be quiet. At least two weeks dieta of um, no red meat, no caffeine, no fermented food. At least seven days of no salt. And that, that is the most difficult thing for us. <laughs> and this is because ayahuasca prefer clear water in the body, and when you drink her, you don't want to have anything that going to going against her. Otherwise, you're going to spend a lot of energy purging. And um, as following the dieta for so long being a jungle, um, I was pretty puking my gut out many nights <laughs> So <clears throat> Cacao is a very she's a very easy medicine, I'm drinking her a bit here. She's gentle but yet very powerful. Um how we meet her is pretty simple. Um about cacao is that there's kind of no right or no wrong of how we do it and this is the creativity that comes with the spirit of cacao and to what I feel generosity because cacao allow us to be who we are and then she supports us she holds space for us um, ayahuasca is a firm mother and yet loving but she pulls you into your deep dark rabbit hole and what you need to see, what you need to experience at that instant. But cacao would be, okay, well, this is what you need to feel. This is what is in you, but I'll sit with you. You don't have to go in any deeper if you're not ready. This is cacao. Mm -hmm. And I had an opportunity to journey and learn a bit about um, the Mayan sacred calendar with a Mayan elder from Guatemala, and this was purely done online during the pandemic, during the major lockdown. <clears throat> and um, he guided us through different energies, different now or less of their sacred calendar and how they use it to integrate into each day's ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And they don't really call it ceremony. To them, uh, they, like Mexico, they call it an offering, like ofrenda, um, and something that we come and create an offering. To Earth, to the Spirit, and uh, the, um, the Mayans, the West, we would call ceremony. Their ceremony will be centered by the fire, and then cacao will be something that share and bring people in. And cacao too will be part of the offering, as well as other seeds, other leaves, tobacco, etc. And this is how the Mayans um, roughly um, they how they do it, and not only the Mayan that worked with cacao before our time, there's also Bribri tribe in Costa Rica, and all of this merged or happened before written records, so it happened around oral tradition. Uh, the oldest cacao beans was found in Ecuador, dates back to 5,000 years recently, so things just keep getting older and older, but cacao believed to originate from Amazon Basin and nowadays how cacao ceremony or cacao offering is hold is that it's very different to people to people um, the Mayan elders they don't call themselves shamans I, I've asked Walter who I worked with and he said to ask the word shaman kind of intertwine with brujas or brujos and I'm like oh, okay I get it <laughs> And then um Medicine
0: or Medicine Woman as the book.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, or it can it can intertwine it can go into too much of dark night. There can be um, yes. dark magic, they can be light magic. And this is the same with Siberian shamanism when they when shamanism was involved in wars with the soldiers and the plannings and um the weather. But that's another story. I, I feel that Shamanism in this new age, new era, is about maintaining balance and it's most importantly about self-work. So the Mayan elders, they call themselves um, spiritual special guide or day keepers because they keep, they, 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 they hold the wisdom of energies of each day and they have, they're now working with two calendars. So the Mayans have their own ways of working with cacao and fire I've never experienced the Bribri tribe from Costa Rica. I would love to. Um, the Mayan would speak about cacao as the medicine of gratitude. The Bribri, according to my friends who shared the experience with me, they said the Bribri would speak about cacao as the medicine that helped us remember who we are. But if we look at uh, many stories that involve cacao, it's always the same core that cacao. Came here, birth and, and grew from earth to remind us human how to live in harmony, to restore balance and harmony. In short, so nowadays many people would hold a cow with ecstatic static dance, yoga, and um, for me, it's my natural flow to bring in as a shamanic journey because in Bangkok here. The energy is very much in the head, A to B, do this, do that, very fast pace, and people get stuck in the head. And cacao kind of reminds us that this this is more important. So it's a great key because the core of shamanism, and this is spoken by um, Burya Mongolian shamanism, that the center of universe is in the heart, the center of individual reality is too in the heart. The center of our spiritual power is too in the heart, and I'm sure that many other shamanic cultures as well around the world always consider as heart is the home. So cacao can really elevate and take and guide us in whole space for deeper emotional release, um, obtaining clarity, and also allow people to know that life is just more than what's in their head. So cacao will, will will allow you to share her according to what is authentic and what is what what aligns with each creative flow. And what's interesting is that um Cacao that grown in different land, cacao of different bean Harvest and distributed by different people have have different energy.
0: <laughs> yes, even yeah. even who planted it can be in the same zone, but depends on the person that planted and take care of the cacao is mm-hmm. the energy that is gonna have. Like any plant,
1: yeah.
0: right? Oh,
1: here we have. Uh, Kratom, or in the western, would be Kratom. It's native to Thailand and also native to Malaysia, and it's recently been, um, we call it unlocked, unlocked from being illegal status and now legal people can use. And it's been helping a lot because traditionally, before Kratom became illegal, the local would chew the leaf not in powder form so much, but they were showed leaves to maintain stamina for labour work, also to heal muscle pain, to heal coughs and sore throat. Um I got a little plant in my garden. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I feel that different land has different
0: plants to, to help people. I always have think I thought about where there is a sickness, the cure is next to it. Yeah. And it's close by. We are open to see it.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's so true.
1: I have had um, some cacao from Mexico. My first try of oh, Mexican cacao was in the form of mole. So it was probably the, the chocolate itself, probably it wasn't that style. it was just out of spice and chili, and it was absolutely delicious. And then last year, my friend bought in um, pure ceremonial grade um, cacao from Mexico. And it's very,
0: very strong. Love it. <laughs> I have some. <laughs> ah. I have Never growing up in Mexico, and uh, I was yes, I was around um, around totonacas all the time. I grew up with them, but in a way, we we don't. I don't not saw it. Uh, it was like something normal something to drink your choc hot chocolate you know and uh, and share it in ceremonies. but it was part of being part of this of the same people part of the same conversation and it was just open-hearted conversation with them is very different than in the United States that's something that I I have encountered and uh, so I did not saw it like with a with that grace that it should be done, and not as a ceremony. It's like smoking cigarettes when you do it. uh I have smoked the pipe tobacco with with a, the the pipe tobacco uh, pipe, and it's very different than when mm-hmm. I I'm doing my I'm smoking my cigarettes. It is tobacco, both of them, but it is different energy when you put in the intention in a different way.
1: No, definitely. We, we too had the opportunity to um, drink tobacco, tobacco ceremony, and that was before ayahuasca. And it ate as energy purging. Um, our maestro, Eladio, he mixed tobacco leaf with a bit of coffee just for flavor. We would drink the whole map. Some people would purge for hours. Um, we didn't purge too much. We don't know why. <laughs> he didn't know why either. And also um, in Peru, they call the they, um, ceremonial or pio tobacco mopacho, And mobacho, too, is used as much. And this is very similar to um, practice in Thailand. That is probably being suppressed or controlled or hidden as well. Uh, tobacco is used as offering to spirit. We don't inhale into our lungs. Smoke is a communication to spirit, and these two have been practiced very secretly in Thailand, I'm pretty sure. Um, in Thailand, in some shrines. You will see a bit of rows of tobacco in leaves to offer. And um, how we cleanse is the more batch and we blow, on the crown, heart, hands, back of the neck, and feet. And that, and that aids as um, a smudging and grounding and welcoming into the space as well.
0: I have done, uh, uh, with American Indians over here in the United States, tobacco tights, and those are used for prayers. So <laughs> this, you put in a little fabric and you're putting all the intention and everything when you're doing your praying, and you put the tobacco, and you tie it up, and again, and so and so and so, and in the ceremony you burn your tobacco tights, mm-hmm. and uh, that's intense. It is, it is, it is beautiful because you're putting your whole. It's a meditation when you're doing it and thinking for whatever you're asking for. It's beautiful.
1: Well, I'm gonna go roll my tobacco now. I have got some peel Thai tobacco. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm still sensitive with um the 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 nicotine of peel tobacco. Even though I don't inhale, I still feel like
0: Ooh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm. I wanted to ask, you, how do you work with people in shamanic as a shamanic guide? I do small
1: groups. I. And this is perhaps something that I was inspired by what I encounter in my own experience in Amazon. The ceremony will never be more than eight or nine. Ten include facilitator and shaman, but no more than eight participants come to drink. And I honour this small space in person because I can connect with them deeper, I can assist them personally as well as hold or connect with the collective energy of the group. How I do my <coughs> ceremony is that uh, me and my husband, we do together, he plays did you Redo sometimes that something that I can't play and did you Redo is very deep, something that my voice can't mimic and, and the drum doesn't go that deep. <clears throat> So we will take time to create space and how I create space to something that inspired from the eastern side of uh, shamanic practice. We will put stones on different directions, indicate as a space holder, starting from south, because south is the the entrance, clockwise. That's how the energy flow in ceremonial space. And that is, too, the representation of the Mongolian yurt. Mongolian year traditionally the door will be south and people will enter clockwise. Yes. It's, it's a representation of Mongolian cosmology. And then we'll take time to warm up our our voice, our sound, tune into the energy of the space. And it's very important wherever we do our ceremonies to give thanks to the spirit of the land, guardians of the land, nature spirit of the land, and we have we are fortunate here because the shrine for the land spirit are everywhere in Thailand so there's still a reminder that there's a knowledge and wisdom that we are still connected with the spirit world so this is something important to pay respect to the lands and guardians of the lands and for them to hold space for us as well and when everyone comes in with smudge. what I'll do is I will have a shelter bed of the theme of the ceremony which will always connect to what i receive from spirit or the uh, sacred mayan calendar and then we will do a bit of energy reading to really for me to know uh, where each people is at and their intention in the journey because intention a add in the focus When you go in, sometimes vision will come up. Sometimes there's a lot of feelings coming up. Intentions always add as something for you to aim, something for you to direct, your focus to communicate what you're feeling, to remember why you're doing this, not to get lost in uh, seeing dolphins or swimming whales. Those are nice, but but you're there for a reason because shamanic journey is about obtaining some kind of realisation. Um, it's not so much about you aim at being enlightened in, in one ceremony, no, but you're there and why you're there, it helps to know. It helps to know why you're here, it helps to know why you're drinking, it helps to know why you're embarking upon this journey so that when you feel or when you see, you can then communicate, learn to communicate with spirit. So this is what I guide people to do we remind people that you know we can bring in the sound to channel and allow certain things to be given away to earth or certain things to come out and cacao is great for all of us to meet the most difficult part within us with love so that's the sound that's a journey part and, and after the journey every plant medicine or every healing um, rituals or ceremony integration is the most crucial thing. Even though the person may not see, may not may may not um, encounter any experience, that's fine. But I feel that it is important for us who are in the position of facilitator or guide to pave way somehow how they can integrate the energy or what they receive or what they are be being inspired from this space further on their own path. So afterwards, I will channel. My guys always like to come in, channeling. Uh, not any personality, will step aside a little. And then my guys will open up for question and answer. And sometimes it, it takes time for the people to open up, but we always encourage and tell them, you know, we learn from one another and you are here for a reason and there will always be a connected theme that we are experiencing individually and connect them collectively. So open up and everything happens here, stay here, no worries. So it's always fun for me to to observe the connection that the guys breach with others. And after the QA, we will then chat or have a meal afterwards, close the space and go and go somewhere and have a meal together and connect. Because spiritual cacao is very much of a social bonding. It brings community together. It brings people together. Yeah. So, so that that's how I work <laughs> in my ceremony, and I do online, online more people because um, space is not limited, and it flows pretty much similar. Yeah.
0: Oh gosh, I I miss you. Make me um, miss going to the ceremonies. And it's like, well, hopefully in my trip to to Peru that I'm gonna be doing uh, to the Amazon's, I can get a, I get a little bit of that. I I my last Sundance that I went it was in 2010, I believe so. So it's been a while.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, um, which town would you be going to in Peru to go into Amazon? Puerto Ah, okay, 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 so it's different. We went through Iquitos.
0: Ah, okay. Puerto yes. Sonte. I forgot the name of Puerto Sonte. And of course we're going to go to Machu Picchu, too. I'm going with
1: oh, my we, we didn't make it there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to go, I miss my pyramids. Jesus uh, uh, <laughs> is meditating in, in, in pyramid zone, when you're in the pyramids the vibration and the connection you have and the poles you have, it is, yeah. it is totally different than yeah. anything I have experienced before. And I was racing there in Veracruz. And mm-hmm. I, I miss that part, that connection, and, and it's been too long without having that.
1: I, I had the opportunity to visit uh, Tiwatiwakan for quite a few times, but that was me way before being aware of all this. But I was still quite sensitive and receptive. I love Tiwatiwakan. Um, climb up the Sun Pyramid a couple of times. And I also had an opportunity to visit Chichen Itza. A lot of tourists, but it, it, it's, it's a land when you go there and you're like, You don't know why, but this feels like home. It feels like you've been here before, but you don't know why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Memories come back. And talking about that, I saw that you do soul uh, remembrance. Is the same as soul retrieval? No, no. um,
1: What I meant by soul remembrance is that it's a kind, it's, it's the energy of my services that assist people to kind of—I don't want to say remember who they are, but kind of be more clear and in align with the experience that they saw is here to experience. Mm-hmm. Soul retrieval work is 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 very different because that's in the setting of more of a private one-on-one work. And I had a realization yesterday. I'm like, hey, nowadays, soul retrieval, you know, we no longer need to go deep into the lower world or anywhere else, but it's about guiding deep into the wounds that we carry. Yes. Uh, I, I honestly feel that old school shamanism is powerful in its own right. And it, it, it exists in that time for a reason but I feel that there is a slightly shift of how shamanism blending with the, the the new age communities, how now I feel that it's not so much about the shamans um, fighting light or dark, <clears throat> but it's much more on the shaman being example that There's a shamanic side within you too, you can do this too. The key is it's within where you fear the most, go in there and and feel it. Um, And I always hold hold dear and, and practice, do my best to practice the present, being the now, being the present moment. And that too is very crucial not to get lost in too much in past lives, too much in what the future would be, but everything exists in this now, and from this now we can then recall the stories of multi dimensional um, memories when it serves. Yes. I don't do soul retrievals, I feel that is not my path. I'm
0: pretty sure some people do still. I do, I do soul retreat. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why when I saw the soul remembrance, it's like, it sounds similar, so that I have to ask. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> but it is different. I can't I can see what you mean because mm. it is different. One thing is remembering who you are, mm. and another one it is bringing your soul back from different traumas. Yes that yes. we had in the past, that yeah. our soldiers got scared, and we have yeah. to bring it back and make that compromise again yeah. to be yeah, with I,
1: I totally agree in this. Um, even in the eastern side of Siberian shamanism, they acknowledge that there's three essence of the soul. And when there's traumas or emotional attachment, when essence stray too far away from the body, and it causes imbalance. Yes. So
0: thank you for what you did. <laughs> I I do work a lot with trauma. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I I do. That's something that passion me to help people because I have done a lot of work for myself mm-hmm. with trauma, and uh, and of course you can help people easier after you have passed through that. And either way, we're in this planet learning and growing. <laughs>
2: exactly. And, and
0: we, uh, yeah. Yes. And okay,
1: I was just gonna say because I I always resonate with we can only take others as deep as we've gone within ourselves. And we can only connect with the plant medicine as deep as we have gone within ourselves.
0: Yes. I I agree with that. And I wanted to ask you, uh you, you talk with benevolent, uh benevolent spirits. With who you connect?
1: we wrote this bio many years ago. <laughs> I need to update. That's the thing though. It's not honestly it's not easy to put what you do in words. I know. <clears throat> Especially English is not my first language.
0: <laughs> I know. Believe me, I know that.
1: <laughs> so thank you for opening up opportunity for us to speak. <laughs> this is it's just something it's just something much more fluid than one word. Look, I have started the channel and in my In my first journey or experiences of channeling, I would have very few guys because of the sense of safety. But now it doesn't matter at all which guys comes in. What matters is um, the integrity and and the sinfulness of the energy that you transmit and the space that you hold. I'm beginning to notice that the guys that comes in are very fluid, for for instance, sometimes when I begin to channel for the group or for others in private, um, my lion guys, the feline guys will come in and then they slowly shift into my shaman teacher's guard, and then they slowly shift into Palladians and then they slowly shift and it's always according to the energy of the conversation. Yes. So I, I would say that... Um, Benevolent energy, benevolent entities or benevolent consciousness is always that serenity and integrity that the channeler takes time to work on her or himself and to come back into the center and to clear, do as much as you can to clear the business of the mind. To, most importantly, to clear the preconception of the person or the energy of the group, to start from neutral, kind of like start from nothing. And you allow the guys to guide, and the energy that's being exchanged, to guide. And that's the fun part. <laughs> that's the fun part of the channeling that I love. <laughs> I
0: agree. I do I channel too. And this, mm. it is awesome to know that you always have the support and the love of being some light. Yeah, Would I you? yeah oh. Uh, would you like to do uh, light language? Can you do it? Yes. <laughs> I know you yeah. just got sick, and uh, and I don't want to push your throat. If, if you can, no, or-
1: it's okay. It's always just the sun is rising now. It's always early in the morning when the throat is catching up, the sinus is catching up. Okay, so welcome the listeners and all of us to close your eyes. Take
2: the breaths. Take a moment so to turn into the feet, the root from the feet or from the tailbone, the the side.
1: Take a moment as well.
2: Turn into the sky. Then return into the heart. The heart is
1: the home. The heart is the centre of all time and We all are, swimming in this new paradigm of consciousness. Consciousness of the heart. What arises from moment to moment without resistance. For each of us, can be awake. What's needed to be given away into us. And what we can nurture and continue to create. Here
2: for
1: of your cells, the cells in your heart, different organs that support you, it's the hard pumping blood pumping blood, pulsation life, pulsation of life, pulsation of love that
2: already exists in an issue Who you
1: are is true essence that is beyond identity, beyond wounds, beyond pain, beyond attachment of the mind. Feel it deep, deep through your heart, it can exist within every self. Who existed within all essence of the trees, the land, the mountains,
2: the waters, the rocks, the Thank you. Mute. Oh,
0: you mute. <laughs> yes. Beautiful and powerful.
2: Oh, thank
0: you. Thank you so much for it. <laughs> I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity.
0: <laughs> and, uh... I will be sharing your, your links for anyone that wanted to contact you and wanted to do any of your ceremonies and uh and just yes, we should get more in touch with our right yes. uh, with Mother Gaia and we need to connect with their nature.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: We've been doing all of those, everybody had done it before in past lives, but we just forgot. Yeah. We forgot how important it was.
1: Because everything is about Earth here. Earth is the teacher. Everything comes from Earth and everything returns to Earth. The ego likes to think otherwise. Our ego likes to think that we have to do this on our own, carry this on our own, and figuring it out on our own. But the more we learn just to listen, the more we learn to connect with sunrise, and we we'll connect with Earth. We then remember how to connect with our body deeply, how to listen to our body deeply, how to follow its guidance, how to give
2: what it needs. Yeah.
0: That is true. I would like to have you again in uh, later on in the future when you have time. Please. I, I really love this conversation. Thank you so much, Nelly. Nelly. Yeah. Thank you. It is beautiful. Do you have something else you have uh, before we close down? No,
1: that's it.
0: Thank you, everybody, for being here. And if this was helpful for you, please share it with your friends. And uh, because this, you need to see this episode again as many times as you need. And to release, I felt that release when we did this. it was It was really, really powerful and just do it and enjoy it thank you so much dailene i really appreciate it and thank you everybody for being here thank you for joining me today i would love to share with you my transformational system path to the heart that i created just for you head over to monica ramirez warrior of and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.